Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your God's Love podcast. I'm Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Emmy and Andy here. Welcome, y'all. Hello. And I said this before we started recording, but you have the coolest accent ever. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. I am very excited to have both of you here. So they are from Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are. Okay, so I love what you're doing in terms of you are also a coach, so go into like what, what you do. Uh, so I mostly have a male audience and I talk about like how to improve your dating life, how to have more sex, how to be in touch with that and a lot of self-improvement. So like, and I have a few female listeners, but it's mostly a male audience. Okay. But what I like about what you're doing, I saw one of your videos on YouTube about this, how you said, build something with your partner, go into yeah. that. Cause I think that that y'all, I love that. Like I told so several women that and they're like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And it, it's such, okay. So, so for context, what I was talking about in that video is basically if you're going to date someone, or even if you're just having casual, like friends with benefits or whatever, I always like to be building something together, whether that's maybe you give her some advice, maybe you work on some goals together. Maybe she gives you some advice, like building towards something, both of you becoming better people and as a result, you have a stronger relationship. Again, even if it's just a casual relationship, like everybody wants to be like building towards something, like making yourself better. And it's so weird to me that so many people, when they either date or they have a serious relationship, they don't think in these terms of like, are we moving forward towards Like, are, are we better every time, every day that we're together? Or are we just kind of like existing in this relationship? Yes. And I love the way you think. And that's a personal development mindset because it's kind of like, I heard a woman in my industry say that it's like grow or die, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because yeah, think about it, y'all. Like the relationships that last years and years, like you have to be growing. Or that's why you get yeah. stagnant. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's like why things like fizzle out and people, I guess, fall out of love or whatever you want to call it because it, it you both kind of end up dying, like atrophying as people almost because you're not working towards anything. And I think it is like important, even in the instance of, you mentioned casual relationships, mm. We've talked about this before because we date girls together, like as a couple. And I think the idea of building something with somebody can initially sound, particularly if you're in a casual relationship, like too serious or like it's going like too intense, but it doesn't have to be this big, like building this strong emotional connection. It really can be like exploring pleasure and sexuality together. Mm -hmm. And like every time you meet each other, kind of exploring something new and sharing that fun experience. It doesn't have to be this, deeply intense emotional experience in a more casual relationship as long as it's something like every time you guys see each other not every time but like as a general rule like is your life improved by dating them and is their life improved by dating you cool like if if so you're doing a good job yes i love that because i talk about that a lot because i'm an empath and helping people in terms of uh it's an equal energy exchange right of the giving Mm -hmm. and the receiving yep yeah yeah for sure Yeah. And again, like, it's weird to me how many people don't really think about things like this, that, like I said before, they just kind of exist in a relationship and you say, how's the relationship going? They're like, Oh, I like them well enough. They like me well enough. And you say like, well, what are you building together? And they're like building. What, what do you mean? Like, and you say like, well, you're just stagnating. If you, there's a book that I'm obsessed with that I talk about all the time called the slight edge. I love this book. And, and the, the concept is if you're not build, if you're not moving forwards, you're actually going backwards. Like there is no staying in the middle. You, you don't tread water. You're either drowning or you're swimming for the shore. Yes, I agree with you about that in every area. 
And you know what's fascinating? And I don't know if this is the same for your country. I say this statistic all the time to people that I work with and people on social media. 40% of American couples are sexless, which means they only have sex once a month or less. Is that the same in Australia? I saw that. I, I, don't, I have no idea what it is here. I saw that on one of your videos or like in the description of one of your videos. Yeah. And that blew my mind. I was like, wait, that can't be real. Like sexless, like once a month. Like how, how is that a relationship? Like that's a friendship. That's but like I you tolerating to each other. Two weeks ago and she is in that boat. You know what it gets? It gets so painful between the men and the woman of the, uh, like, okay, for example, a lot of women are not happy sexually. Mm-hmm. So it gets so miserable for her. She'd rather just not do it. Which is just like that, that like you hate your partner at that point, surely, right? Like they're not your, yes, they're I not know. on the, the same team does as you. Build. It has to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, this is the person who's giving me a miserable life. This is the person who can't pleasure me in bed. This is the person stopping me from exploring myself. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the guys in those situations feel the same. It's like two people who just don't respect each other anymore. Yeah. But I also feel like y'all, it's like the ego. And I don't know if you've noticed this with the men you're working with. Um, a lot of times what I've noticed is that men get their ego in the way sexually, you know, I don't know how to say this, but like for me, if something feels like painful or off or something, I'm going to say it. And I don't want the guy that I'm sleeping with to get offended that it's, you know, painful for me. It's, it's not an, it's not a, I'm, I'm angry about his soul or like him as a person. It's mm-hmm. that what he's doing hurts. This could be a one, I swear to God, I could talk about this for like one oh or two God. hours, like just this topic. Cause yes, you are so right. You have, I have so many articles and podcasts. I wrote this really long guide about like how to deal with erectile dysfunction or performance anxiety. It's so long. I poured so I, I poured weeks into that. And one of the biggest things that I had to tackle is like, stop getting your ego in the way of this. Like you can still have fun. It, it, just because you can't get an erection doesn't mean you can't have fun. Stop thinking that you're a failure. We've done podcasts and videos on like, if you can't make a girl orgasm, like that doesn't mean you're bad at sex. Maybe she just needs to warm up. Maybe she takes a little while. Maybe she needs to use toys. Maybe she just doesn't trust you enough yet. Cause it's the it's first a safety time. Thing. Yeah. Guy, it's hilarious. You said, yeah, guys were on the first, after they have sex with the girl one time, they were say like, I couldn't make her orgasm. I couldn't make her come. And I was like, well, didn't, it, didn't you guys just meet? And I was like, yeah. And like, I tried, but like, I couldn't, it's like, she doesn't know you yet. Like, yeah. why would she trust you? Like some girls just take a little time to get to trust you, to, to be able to open up like, and to let go. Yeah, there is so much ego. Oh there. my God. There and is. you know what's so fascinating? I was talking to, who was I talking to about this the other day? I don't remember who it was, but y'all, the guy literally said that it has gotten worse because of social media, the male ego. And pornography as well, probably. That, oh, that's yeah. got to be a factor mm-hmm. for sure over the last like 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like this expectation of, you know, I have to make an orgasm. I tell you another one that comes up all the damn time. I have to have a huge penis. And you're like, what does that matter? Like, how, how is that important? And, and I'll say to the guys like, okay, we'll go and go into the bathroom, get an erection, measure it and come back and tell me what it is. And they'll say like, oh, it's like, you know, five inches, five and a half, sorry. Yeah. Five and a half inches or something. And I'll be like, that's like pretty much average. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, but in porn, it's like eight inches. I'm like, I don't care about porn. What does porn got to do with the real world? Like, what, because your penis is five and a half inches, every woman's going to be disgusted by you. No, it doesn't work like that. Like th- there's a million other things to do that don't involve your penis. And I think you don't, I'm sure you know this, but like you have no idea. Like if you could just be a man for a day and like talk to other men and stuff, you'd go like, why are guys so obsessed with their own dicks? Like it's, it's so insane. You have no idea. It's so insane. Like every man is just like, how hard can my penis get? How long is my penis? That's all that matters. Also, I guess you can say like how long when flaccid, which is the dumbest thing to care about. Cause it's not even hard. 
but but guys will just care like oh when i'm flaccid my penis is only one inch and it's like why it's this weird obsession with the male genitalia and i kind of yeah, also think like, you're right porn has messed men up about that i think that's it yeah because in porn you don't see anything of the guy except his penis like he doesn't feature most porn the male doesn't feature the woman does yeah. and mm-hmm. so all you see is the penis that's all you have to compare yourself to yeah that's all that matters yeah but i also think that have you heard of uh, make love not porn i mean i guess no but is no, that it's a, a company have you heard of that company <laughs> no. right? okay like I, have, a I have a podcast episode called make love not porn y'all should look it mm. up but basically it's a company uh, i think she's based in new york but she's amazing she talks about how uh she shows real couples having sex and it's, I like a, that. it's That's basically cool. like netflix of sex basically and you can subscribe <laughs> to it which is cool but like i like that way better than the other porn stuff because that is just so not real it's hilarious you say that like if i ever look up amateur porn i like to sorry if i ever look up porn i like to look up like something that looks realistic like a guy and a girl or a girl by herself like that they've obviously filmed themselves with their smartphone or something. Cause it just, there's something in my brain that if I watch some big high production, you know, where she's got like big fake tits, not that I'm massively against that, but you know, like everything is manufactured and it doesn't seem real. And there's lots of cuts and you can tell there's a director there. It's like, I can't get into it. I don't feel like it's realistic. I feel like I'm watching a movie or something. It loses all of its intimacy. It doesn't Intimis- have that, mm. yeah. Like that emotional feeling to it. And I think, yeah. I mean, we touched on it before, but I guess I can see why like relationships can become sexless because there's this expectation that every time you have sex, it's got to be this grand production and you've both got to perform a certain way. And when you feel like really shitty, you're not going to be able to like put in all that energy and put it on. It's not this like, it can't be this slow, soft, intimate exploration. It's this like rough and aggressive and like, it needs to be this perfect thing, I think. Mm. Yeah, and I talked about that in my last podcast I uploaded about painful sex because that's really common for some women. And it's like, well, yeah, if it's going to be like porn sex, it's going to be painful. <laughs> as in, as in, like painful. The actual penetration is painful. Yeah, I'm talking about you know, like when it shows like them, like you know, like the like unless she's like really ready for it, that's going to hurt. <laughs> this comes up so much too, where where the guy just thinks like I just have to put it in there and then just like. It's like me being a jackhammer, just in and out as hard as I can over and over again. And then I'll say like, I did a podcast called something like how to give her roller coaster sex. And a big part of that was me talking about like, go fast, then go slow, then mix it up, change positions, try some different stuff. Like you can't just be going in and out like you're banging. That might feel good for you. And it does feel good for the man. That feels pretty good. But like mix it up a little bit, go slow a little bit, go gentle, use some lube, like stuff like that. I'm amazed that it's that much of a problem. Because I thought that, you know, maybe I'm just not seeing it because I'm on the guy's side of things. I'm surprised there's so many guys that are just, as you're saying, like just shoving it in there. Like, surely you would know that's not pleasurable. Well, I think it all goes back. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh, no, no. Sorry, no, you go. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, y'all, I think it all goes back to the lack of education. This is a global issue. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I had a conversation with like a really close friend of mine who I've known for like the last... 15 years or so um and she's been with her boyfriend for four and a half years or something like that now and she was actually telling me like every time that they have sex like she's really against it because it's quite painful and I was like that's awful and but then I like asked her a couple of questions and she's like and I asked like do you use lube and she's like no and I like I think (laughs) that was like crazy to me because 
like if it's hurting and it's like I just and I think it does come back to like what you talked about like porn and that very like manufactured environment like I don't think I've ever seen a scene where they like get some lube and, <laughs> <laughs> and use that and so I think that's <clears throat> it really isn't realistic it loses all of the I don't know, like human idiosyncrasies of like sex and how it works. I don't know if you want to talk about this, like, but have you noticed in porn, there's no like communication? Like they don't talk to it. They don't say like, how does this feel? Is this good? Like you're turning me on. You're so hot. Like there's, there's no like feedback. Mm -hmm. Obviously because it's scripted. Yes. But I think I'm really glad you brought that up. That is such a great point. Because you're right about that. That is so sad if you're a friend. Like four years, I cannot believe she's putting <laughs> up with that. Because yeah. I, I experienced that actually last year. And it, like, if you can't communicate and it hurts, like, there's no point in like continuing that situation. Yeah, you just not want to keep having sex, right? Like, you'd like make excuses, especially if you felt like you couldn't, like, you didn't have a strong foundation of communication. You'd feel like you can't even tell the person, right? Yeah. And so let's go into that for the people listening. Yeah. I think communication is foundational. If you cannot communicate with the person you're with, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the same thing with, um, I talk about it, I, I talk about it as, I call it being on the same team as someone, where you, you two are like teammates rather than like me versus you. And so I feel like that's the foundation of any good friendship, working relationship, definitely sexual or intimate relationship for sure. Like if you can't just have the freedom to say like, hey, what you're doing hurts a little bit, can we go slower or like, Hey, I'm kind of having a bad day. Can we just go gentle today? Or, you know, <clears throat> Hey, I'm feeling a bit miserable. Can we talk about it? If, if you don't have that foundation, you're in your own head. And then it really does feel like I'm here and they're in their head and we don't communicate with each other. It's like two people that are just stuck in their own universe. I feel like communication bridges that gap. And now it's like, we're both out. I hope I'm showing this analogy. <laughs> well. We're both here in the middle, right? Like we, we've, we've left our heads and we're here in the present rather than, yeah. cause when you're in your head, you're not present. Like you're too busy in your head, not thinking about what's actually going on in front of you. So would you think that that's lack of empathy? Because I, I interviewed a guy, uh, this was two years ago, and we talked about how men are taught to be selfish, selfish sexually, and they're taught that sex is for them. What do you think about that? I feel like it's a lack of education. So I guess that, yes, yes, to answer your question, sure. We're, we're both saying the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like, guys get really in their own head about sex and it's not something that they really tend to talk about. Like when guys talk about sex, it's more just like, did you have sex with her? Oh, she's hot. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Like I'm going to go have sex with this other girl. That's the extent of it. It's not like, Hey, do you guys know anything about toys? Hey, do you guys use lube? Hey, it's, it's not like the actual details. Does that make sense? Like, like people mm-hmm. think that guys stand around talking explicitly and crassly about sex, but we don't tend to it. Like we talk about the surface level stuff, but it, it tends to be women who talk about like getting in touch with your body, your feminine side, your, your spiritual energy, like orgasms. How do I have an orgasm? How do I, it, it's women that talk about that stuff. Men don't, we, we tend to talk on the surface level. And so I feel like that's a big part of what I've tried to do is have those actual conversations, like, especially stuff like, you know, her orgasming and her pleasure and stuff like that. And even other things like erectile dysfunction and performance anxiety, those two topics like not being able to get an erection, try talking about that to the average, average guy. They don't want to talk about that stuff. Like you have to really get in there and just say like, like I had to, in that article, I had to say like, I've had probably a hundred times where I couldn't get an erection, like over my entire life. Yeah. It's probably a hundred times. And like, it's not a big deal. You just chill out, 
relax. And then half the time you get an erection anyway, like 20 minutes later, but guys have this very big visceral reaction to, it probably is an ego thing. Like you said, not being able to get an erection, not pleasuring her, doing a bad job, hurting her, not doing a good job. So I think they don't want to face that and, and talk about like, could I do a better job pleasing her? Like, does she even have needs? Do I even want to talk about her needs? It's like, as soon as I address that, I have to face the fact that maybe I'm not as good at this as I thought I was. And that's very hard. I think it probably is just an ego thing. Hmm. And maybe it's not getting talked about enough. No, it's definitely not. And I think that's so great what you're doing because I, um, there's so many women that are dealing with this. And it's really sad that a lot of guys are like that because... You know, I view sex, and obviously this is funny how I view, I view sex like exercise, right? Like <laughs> in, the, in fitness and health, think about it. You have to constantly be improving with your relationship with your body, with your diet and health. Same thing with sex, right? I like this. Okay, why, why have I never thought of it like this? I've never made that point. My whole website is about self-improvement. I've never at any point said you oh can self Oh my God, you're so funny, duh. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I do have guides on sex. I just never thought of it like that. That's yeah. interesting. Okay, I'm going to go and do some articles on this. You're so <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always try to tell people that because think about it. Like you, if we put the ego over here and then you view it like that, then it becomes a fun game. Oh my God, let's do this. Let's yeah. do that. You're blowing my mind right now. I have all these articles on how to get better at sex, but I never framed it in terms of like a self-improvement thing. Yeah, because think about it. Like people are, you're like this. What's exciting? Have you heard of 75 hard? No. Okay, I'm starting it on Monday. You should look it up. Okay. It's a 75-day um, personal development challenge that I'm doing with a few friends. But basically what you do is you do, what is it? You eat, two, you, eat you work out twice a day. You um, take a progress photo. You, you do all these things you know, every single day. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's really good like for a mental challenge. And so mm -hmm. if we viewed that the same way we viewed sexuality, it would, it would gamify it and not say, make it so seriously, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I did a similar challenge. It was called like 30 days of discipline. And you basically have to do like push-ups and squats and eat healthy and have a cold shower and like do a bunch of that for 30 days to like really put yourself through and teach yourself like, you know, how much improvement can I make in a, in a month? Like how far can I go with this? Yeah, how much see, progress yeah. can I make? Yeah, cause they talk about, and I'm sure it's in your country too. People have gotten so soft <laughs> that, yeah, like we need those kind of challenges. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. I like framing it in terms of sex because I mean that's that's pretty much what we do. We've talked about. We have a, a concept or an article I wrote where I said like write a big long sexual bucket list like of everything you can ever think of that you want to try in the bedroom. Every fun little thing. It can be big things, small things. It can be toys. It can be, you know, whatever it is that's on your list. And every person that you date, get them to write a list too. And then you guys come together and you have fun, like ticking stuff off. And so every time you meet up, it's like, hey, let's do this and this. And you talk about what you're going to do beforehand. You meet up, you explore it, you try it. And then that, that's probably the best way of gamifying it that I've found so far. It's like every time we meet, we get to just try some cool stuff that we never would have tried with anyone else. And it does become this fun. It's like you look forward to it. Every time we meet, we're going to do something. And we still do that to this day. Yeah. And I really like the, that framing of it too, like that gamifying, sorry, gamifying it and that self-improvement aspect. Because I think it also normalizes sex a little yeah. bit. It removes that taboo because if it's this, you know, this thing that you're working on improving and you're associating, like, I guess associating with something that feels normal and generally accepted like self-improvement like exercise like you said 
yeah, that makes it so much easier to talk about because it's not this like secret dirty thing that you can't really, yeah, I guess, approach with like other people. Mm, yes. Yeah. I think that the shame factor, I don't I mean, I think this is yeah. like a global thing, but the shame, sexual shame and sex, it's like, do you have that with like, I'm sure you must have that with females. Like, like females must have so much sexual shame, right? Cause guys do too. I'm yeah, sure women must have it like crazy. It, yes. I think both men and women deal with it differently. You know, yeah. what I noticed when I first started doing this work was I dealt with it, even telling people what I did, <laughs> you know, because like I'm from Alabama and very conservative Christian. Very conservative. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. they don't really talk about sex at all. Yeah. And um, I think that that's very, very detrimental. Yeah. And the only time that I hear people talk about sex is in terms of marriage. But even yeah. a lot of married people aren't happy sexually. That's the problem. If you don't even talk about it ever, like fine. If you want to say like, let's not have sex till marriage, fine. That's your choice. Like do whatever you want. But if, if you don't have any sort of education, when you get married, then you're like, well, what are we supposed to do now? Like how, you, you run into these problems, like you said, of like, it hurts when we have sex and you have no one to talk to about that. No way of dealing with that. That's why I think sites like your, your YouTube channel and your Instagram are like crazy important because like, who the hell else are you going to talk to? You're probably not going to talk to your friends or family. Like, I'm glad that you can go on YouTube and like find the answers to some of these questions. Mm, good point. I so agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was broken because I couldn't have an orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were like that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I think because like, I mean, we're like circling back to the idea of porn again. It's like, it's like everyone, every girl can orgasm through like penetrative sex and yeah. that's all you need. <laughs> and toys aren't ever involved. It, you start thinking like you're broken and something's wrong with you. And like, why can't I be like normal? Mm -hmm. it, and then, I mean, we touched on it earlier, but the more of that pressure you put on yourself and that anxiety that you have around orgasms that makes it harder to actually get there. It's really self-perpetuating. Cause that was yes. you the first few times we, we, we met you basically couldn't orgasm you'd never orgasmed with someone else you could by yourself but not with anyone else and i remember the first time i said like okay look we're gonna have a bit of fun with this no pressure if you can't do it that's fine i promise i won't be mad if you can't do it but like do you want to try it together and you said yes and so we got a big toy we have a big vibrator and it took like an hour the first time like literally an hour and i was just like i was fine i was like off in my own head i was like thinking about like other <laughs> stuff and you had your eyes closed and so we both were kind of chilled and like we didn't really have any expectations i honestly didn't think you would orgasm and funnily enough taking away that pressure made it happen like and then we just kept practicing from that and and each time saying like yeah it doesn't matter if you don't orgasm who cares we'll just play for a bit as long as you feel good that's fine and then now you're at a point not to brag but like you can orgasm in like one minute or two minutes if you want to yeah which is like insane just by not even caring if you did funnily enough yes letting go of that pressure is so key so you're talking about yeah. clitoral orgasm right yeah yeah, yeah. what yeah, about g-spot you can do that right no, i don't I, think she can no some yeah. people can like we've met a few girls that can but yeah no yeah not you for try this one. with your fingers um yeah yeah no definitely have all of that as well and it feels really good it's just i don't think i could get to that point Cause it's, I mean, it's something we've explored a lot in terms of like fingering and things like that. And it feels amazing. It's just not, I don't know. That's I feel, okay. Do you tell you to, I, I can, I think I can see where you're going with this. Do you think that she could, if like with enough practice and like self, like knowledge, like, like you figuring out your body and heart feels and stuff. Uh, all women can have a G-spot orgasm. 
There you go. Challenge Sorry, accepted. To, Challenge like... accepted. But no, I'll, this is interesting stuff. I'll give yeah. you some resources and I can put post this in the link below too. But um, yes, they can. Listen, okay, I didn't that's know until I met the right person and then it just happened automatically. Oh shit, I'm not the right person is what she's <laughs> saying. No, I'm saying. so sorry. I'm not trying to... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> and so he went like this, like, you know, with his fingers. But like, yeah, that's I what we do. We do that and we can, we can make her squirt. It's like, an really... emotional thing too in the safety thing. Maybe you're yeah. just not... I don't know. Like trying too hard or like... It's Maybe almost like you've got to explore relaxed. it. Like the people yeah. that I've studied under, it seems like it's like you have to be really relaxed and just... Yeah. Um, like emotionally safe. And you almost have to know that it's possible. Like, cause we haven't really ever tried. Let's be honest. We haven't tried. Cause we thought like, well, you can't do that. So like, it's yeah. not possible. Yeah. I do believe it's possible for all women. Okay. But that's I also interesting. Feel like, but I also feel like, again, I think, you know, it's so funny. Cause like, I was just talking to one about this before you get on the call. I really do believe everything goes back to beliefs. Yeah. Right? Like it goes back to oh what you God, and I were we saying earlier about, about how both of us struggle to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. If we, like for me, I literally thought, oh my God, like my biggest fear. And I kept going over this over and over in my head because I couldn't even by myself. Mm -hmm. So then it got to the point where I was so frustrated that like, I was like visualizing me at 80 being like, oh my God, I never <laughs> had one. <laughs> and obviously that's like really extreme, but like, that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's the I same thing with all the other types. I, it's funny you talk about that because I have the same concept in, in like my philosophy and in a couple of podcasts, like I call that a winner's mindset where you're playing to win. You're saying no matter what, I'm going to win. Like it's like a, you know, I believe it's going to happen versus yeah, yeah. like a loser's mindset where you're like, I think I'm going to lose. Like, I don't think this is going to work. And when you have that winner's mindset, you do everything it takes to make it happen. So yeah, I'll fully admit we have a loser's mindset or we don't think we're going to make her G spot orgasm. So we haven't even tried. But if you're saying like, no, it's possible. A lot of the time, just believing that is like, okay, we're going to do everything it takes to make it happen. And then yeah, you it's do. Open. And listen, the whole female body is orgasmic, right? Like throat, nipple, anal, clitoral. I mean, everything. And so I think it's, that's been something that's so exciting for me with doing this work and working with a few mentors is the whole female body is multi-orgasmic. So to explore that stuff, is it almost like you're meditating? You know what I mean? Like yoga or something like you have to just like concentrate on your body, like close your eyes and, and think about how it feels. Is that how you do it? Yeah, one thing that I learned last year that really helped me, because I worked with a mentor who was a sex coach and a somatic coach for a year. Because okay. think about it, if you're in a fight or flight state most of your day, yeah. and you're in a state of uh, just like go, 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 like you're in that hyper-masculine, mm -hmm. it's going to take you longer to get in the, the state of, you know, just like calm and being really relaxed. And so I think that that's one of the reasons too, why so many people, so many women struggle to have an orgasm is because we're in that hyper masculine. Can we please talk about that? Cause that's one concept that I've gotten across to like so much of my audience where I say like, and we've talked about this on podcasts together where I say like for a lot of women to orgasm, they have to let go. Like they have to literally let go. They can't be amped up. They can't be like, whereas for guys, if you are amped up, that's when you orgasm the hardest. And so, mm -hmm a lot of guys like really struggle to get their head around that, like what that actually looks like or what it feels like for a woman. Cause again, for a guy, it's the complete opposite feeling. If we're too relaxed, we couldn't even get an erection. Like there has to be this amped up energy. But yeah. For women, what I was trying to say is, for example, I, most women have had some form of sexual trauma, right? Mm -hmm. I think, what is it like one in five women have been raped? 
Mm. Yeah, something like that. So that stays in your body, right? So a lot mm. of women, it's a safety thing to let go and surrender, which is what you're saying. Yes, they do have to let go. And I agree with you. Like for me to fully, so even with myself, sometimes I'm like, okay, you're really thinking about this. You know, mm -hmm. so you have to like tell yourself you're safe, chill, calm down. But yeah, I think it's, um, it is a let go thing. And a lot of women, it, you do have to really feel like, okay, my nervous system is, is fine. Everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is an expectation of getting into that feeling right now. And sometimes it can take a really long time to actually properly relax <clears throat> into it. And so if it takes like 20 minutes, half an hour to finally relax and calm down, the fact that it takes so long almost inhibits you from letting mm. yourself relax. Cause you're like, why haven't I relaxed yet? Like this is taking mm -hmm. too long. The other person's going to get like bored or annoyed or frustrated mm -hmm. that I can't just like get in the mood. And it is really just like, I guess that acceptance and letting go. And like you said, I mean, it comes back to like communicating with your partner. Like it might take me longer to get there, but if there is that like progression and like, relaxation and working into it then that starts feeling really good yeah and i think if i if i can quickly <clears throat> if there's any like males listening because i'm sure like my audience are gonna um, I'll, I'll give them the link to this podcast once it's up if you're listening and going like <clears throat> you know i i want her to feel because most most guys want girls to feel good they just kind of either don't know how to do it they've been badly educated they, they just have like weird notions about what that actually means but i think most guys for the most part are you know kind empathetic people that want her to have a good time and so if you're listening to this and you're thinking like oh how can, i want her to orgasm how can i help with that honestly the biggest thing is just like the first couple of times you play just be, just be casual and chill about it and say like you know it's cool don't stress if you can't orgasm that's fine like we'll ha we'll have some fun we'll try some toys we'll muck around a little bit <clears throat> we'll have a good time we can explore some stuff together but like i don't mind if you can't orgasm like funnily enough that is the most likely thing or the the easiest way to make her have an orgasm and be careful that you're not using it as a way to make her orgasm. Like, <clears throat> I really am saying take off the pressure of her and yourself, especially yourself, and just relax and, and have a bit of fun. And then you'll often find maybe the third or fourth time you guys play together, it's way easier. Like, it's way easier because you trust each other. You're, you, you, you know each other well enough that there isn't that pressure of, like, trying to perform. Because I think this is, and, and, you know, we can talk about this if you want to. It's your podcast. Look at me telling you what we're going to talk about. But, like... <laughs> You know, the, I think a lot of women have a pressure to perform and guys don't even, they can't even fathom that concept of like women have performance anxiety too. And guys will be like, what are you talking about? No, they don't. And I'll be like, yes, they do. They're trying to look good for you, do a good job, you know, not moan too much, but also not be completely silent. Then, you know, maybe they're a little insecure about her, about their body. They want to make you feel good and they want to be able to orgasm and they want you to orgasm or come. Like women have a lot of stuff in their head as well. They're trying to do a good job. And I think both genders get very stuck in their own head and they don't even think that the other person is also stuck in their head and also wanting to do a good job. Yes. It all goes back. God, it's so ego. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. You're right about that. I think women deal with the whole performance too. And, and there's the whole body stuff too about her like sucking in and like, I think it's, um, yeah, it's just unrealistic on both sides. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i think you talked before about selfishness and like male selfishness sorry selfishness i don't think that comes i mean i have a very different perspective because i've seen a lot of or heard a lot of i guess people or guys on andy's blog and i guess responses to the podcast and things like that 
of men that like absolutely care about how she feels, like how yeah, the woman do. feels, but because there is this ego and I guess insecurity that comes from that ego of not being good enough that comes across as being selfish because there's almost this expectation a lot like porn where it's like, I just need to go in like really hard and fast because that makes all the women in porn moan. And that's what looks good. That's what will make, that's what they think will make women feel good. And so that's them trying to do a good, trying to do a good job or trying to perform well and make Mm -hmm. her feel good. But in reality, a lot of the time for women going slower and softer is actually the more appealing route. And I guess for women, it comes across as male selfishness, but in reality, it's more, they're trying to do a good job. I think it is again, that lack of education around it and knowing that real sex is often a lot more intimate. Yeah. And like when we say ego, and I'm sure you would agree, like when we say ego, we're not, we're not trying to have a dick. We're not saying like, Oh, you're so egotistic or anything, but like, it is the ego. It is literally the ego, but we're trying to say in a good way, like, instead of focusing on like, I have to do a good job and I have to perform and I have to be a sex God and I have to be like a big stud, just focus on like, I'm going to have a good time. And she is too. Like that takes all the pressure off. Just say like, we'll both have a bit of fun. Like it'll be fun in the bedroom. I'll try some stuff. She'll try some stuff. We'll just enjoy each other's like sexual energy and company. Like rather than I have to do a good job or I'm a failure. (laughs) Yeah. Cause one thing that, you know, Emmy was saying this and I think it's fascinating. Do you think a lot of those guys just don't know that like, the whole porn stuff isn't real because every woman that I talk to, it's so fascinating too. Cause they're like, Oh my God, yeah, that hurts. when that happens too. But then I've also heard some women say, yeah, that hurts. But then right after they do that, then I have an orgasm or maybe I like a little pain. So then some of that's good, but then I also like the slow too. I think people, I think everybody knows, I think it gets repeated so much like that porn is manufactured and we all know that it's like, we know that like on magazine covers and film and TV, we, we know that it's all manufactured, but because that's still put in front of us constantly mm. as like the pinnacle of mm-hmm. sexuality or the pinnacle of human form or like the ultimate thing to work towards, even though we know it's not real and manufactured, I think it's in your subconscious. Like this is, this is what we should be aiming for. Like this is the perfect ideal. Mm-hmm. And so even if you like know that's, unrealistic or not real somewhere in your head you're like yeah but I want to get there like that's what I want it to be because that's what's been idolized yeah mm-hmm. I don't have anything to add there <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no I agree with you on that no it's it's fascinating and I want to add too what do y'all think because I think it's fascinating whenever I ask people this because some people there's a lot of shame too around porn where people some people say oh my god it's very evil and they're against it. And then I have people that are pro it. As in where do we stand or like where yes. do our audience stand? Where do oh. we stand? I don't, I, I, I guess there's something I don't really think about all that much. I, I've seen the harms of it. Obviously we can talk about the harms towards women. I'm sure like we could go on a long conversation about that, like expectations that how women have to perform objectification, like all that sort of stuff. I see a lot of the harms on men's side of things of like, I have to be that performer. I have to be that big stud. Also porn addiction, guys not being able to get an erection because all they can think about is pornography. And then, you know, it's sad to say, but sometimes they'll get into the bedroom with a woman and they'll be like, well, this isn't like porn. You know, she's not like moaning like crazy. She's not like, you know, I won't say like explicit stuff, but you know, she's not doing like crazy over the top explicit stuff. 
and and this doesn't compare and i'm like just give it a chance like remember that this is a human in front of you like connect with that person and see how that feels and a lot of the time they will they'll start connecting with her they'll talk more they'll have open up those lines of communication they'll say to her hey what's on your bucket list that you'd always you've always wanted to try here's some stuff on mine let's explore that together you know let's cuddle after sex you start getting that intimacy in there as well and then you go well this is like way better than porn like and it can become every bit as like erotic as porn like because you can explore the stuff that they do in porn, but in a more real, like actual authentic way. You know what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. not just performing, actually remembering, because it sounds ridiculous to say, but like you can, I have to remind some guys sometimes, not all guys, but like every now and then I'll get a guy that I have to remember, remind them there's a person in front of you. Like that's a human being, remember? Like guys, are, uh, it's crass, but I have this saying where I, I say, women are, can I be crass? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll say like, Women are just humans with a pussy. And that sounds really crass, right? But it's like, guys will forget that. And they're like, no, she's like this weird thing. And I'm like, it's just a human. And yeah, she happens to have female genitalia. Like, it's a human. Just oh, like, so yeah. they put us on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. Or they go the opposite way and they say like, well, you know, she's just like a sexual object and I'm just going to have sex with her. She's a notch in my belt. And you say like, that's a human. That's you, but with a female set of genitalia. Like, remember that she has her own wants and needs and desires and hopes and dreams and things she's working on and insecurities. And, you know, she would probably like to be into self-improvement as well. She's not already like all of the stuff that you're into and that goes on in your, you know, being same with her, like take a little time to reflect and remember that. And a lot of the time when you have that conversation, they go like, Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. And they'll come back a week or two later. And they'll say like, man, we just had the most like mind blowing sex. Like I come, we talked afterwards for like two hours and I really like her and she's really interesting. And we're going to meet up again next week. And you're like, yeah, dude, like, come on. Like it's, it doesn't have to be like porn. Again, there's no communication in porn, which is so weird when you watch it. And, and anyone listening, go and watch porn right now and be aware of the fact that they don't talk or say anything to each other ever. And all of a sudden you'll see how weird it is that there's no vocalization of anything. Yeah, that's really messed up that you said that. I'm like, wow, that is actually not okay. It's weird, isn't it? It's not even like, does that feel good? Are you having fun? Like, you're so hot. They don't even like compliment each other. So like, oh my God, that feels amazing. Like nothing, nothing. It's just like silent. It's like they're mind reading each other. Yeah, and I think that that's so, you know, y'all, that's my biggest worry. And that's one of the reasons why I talk so much about relationships too and healthy relationships and, um, you know, everybody being touched deprived and just really keeping society, you know, whole and healthy is because AI and all the future of technology and society, because we're so technologically, you know, advanced now, mm-hmm. it's like my sister and I were talking about this earlier. You could actually never leave your house the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually kind of terrifying. I, I had, okay, I had like a similar like con- conversation with my mother at the start of all the like lockdown stuff like last year, because we had very severe lockdowns in Melbourne, Australia, like very, very, very severe. Like you couldn't leave more than five kilometers from your house. You could only Mm -hmm. go outside for like one hour a day. Like it it was crazy. And I remember having a conversation with her about there's this concept. uh, There's a word for it, but it's, it's left me. But basically what happens is a society will get advanced enough that they start to think that they're more intelligent than or it's something that everyone always does. You always think that you're more intelligent than anyone who ever came before you. You look back to like, you know, the baby boomers and you're like, oh, they're all just like dumbasses. They don't know anything. And then back in Victorian times, they were even stupider. And so you just kind of write off everybody else in history before you. And you say, we're smart now. We know everything. 
But the problem with doing that, because yes, we are more intelligent, of course, like we're more advanced, if you want to say it like that. The problem with doing that is then you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. You say everything they knew before was wrong and they're stupid and they're dumb and we know better now. And so a conversation that I had with my mother was, she said, you know, it's like everybody forgot that sunshine is a human need. And I was like, that's amazing. She's like, it's like they forgot fresh air is important. It's like somehow we all just kind of forgot that you need to go outside and be around other people or at the very least go outside. And so I'm seeing so much of that. It sounds like you're seeing the same thing where it's like touch deprived. It's like, did we forget that human contact is like an actual need? Like literally a need. You will go insane if you don't touch, touch other human beings. Like you would just lose your mind. You'll feel alone. Well, yeah, we're supposed to have 12 hugs a day, right? I think we are. I like that. Let's go make that. Yeah, I think it's, a, I'm being serious. We need to look this up. I actually think it's like, it's a, it's a high number. <laughs> But, um, yeah. it, yeah, for your health and you're right about that. It all goes back to like this basic things. It's like nature, touch, yep. Yep. great food, friends. sunshine. Yeah. Friends, community. Yep. Um, those are all basic things that people are like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. People are starting. Okay. People are starting to get it now. Like yeah, it took yeah. like maybe a year, but yeah, I feel well, like that's like when, um, okay, so you know, when I became a health coach, I got super into the, like, I was basically like a hippie. <laughs> and so <laughs> I went on a walk barefoot. And um, I, I remember I did a video once and I was talking about the importance of grounding. And, mm-hmm. um, and people were like, what? <laughs> what is that? I was like, fine, let me just say it to you straight. It's walking without shoes. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. It's, it's like connecting to the earth so that we can get the, you know, the negative ions and really feel the energy. And do you know, like on a similar note, I'm sure you've had people like this where like, you'll just casually say like, you know, I was in nature the other day or something and they're like, man, I wish I could get to nature. And you're like, well, like, what do you mean? Like just a park or a woodlands or something like that or a forest. Like when did you last go to nature? And they'll be like, probably like, you know, five years ago. And you're like, wait, what? You've just been in the city, like surrounded by, you know, metal buildings and glass for like the last four or five years. Are you serious? You haven't gone to a park, something. And they're like, nah, you know, I just haven't had time. You're like, don't you miss trees? Don't you just like trees? Like I like trees. I like being in trees. I'm sure you do too. It's just like, it's a different energy. I don't even know what you would, how you would describe it. It's like, it's something different. It's something, it's like somehow more real. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like where keeping ourselves in captivity, like animals in a zoo. Yes, yes, But yes. people are doing it to themselves, though. Yeah, I know, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is the messed up thing. It's like, <clears throat> it's this arrogance that we've, I guess, evolved beyond needing yep. that. It's like why animals don't like being kept in cages and they love it when you, like, you know, when you take your dog out to, like, a field or, like, a park and they just, like, run around like crazy because it's, I don't know, it's, this, it's a very animal primal sort of freedom that comes from it yeah i mean you touched on before like ignoring human needs and like sex and sunshine and people i think another big one is just like rest and recreation i think that is another big thing and i think it incorporates really well with nature it's just Mm -hmm. being a bit more peaceful and taking a breath and losing that like go 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 and just stopping (laughs) like that stillness (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, so, no, no, listen, I mean, I have a year past it. There's a mountain called Stone Mountain here in Atlanta, and I go nice. as much as I can. And um, yeah, I think that they, it all goes back to, it's so funny how people just don't make an effort to do that because 
I mean, if I, I try to go with friends, but if I can't, I'll go by myself. I don't care. Mm. Because whenever I always notice that whenever I'm done with that, I feel so amazing. Is it just a lack of education? Like, like, do they almost not know that nature is important? Like, is that it? No, I think it's because, because think about it. Anxiety and depression is on the rise globally. I yeah. used to suffer really bad with depression. And I think part of it all goes back to what we're talking about here. Y'all is the fact that like, when you're disconnected from yourself, from nature, from others, it's like, yeah, you're going to be depressed. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that conversation with so many people where so they're just not doing is. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. it kind of creeps up on you too. And then all of a sudden you're like, you get to that point where you're like, you don't feel good, don't feel good, don't feel good. And then you realize you feel terrible, but it's like this such a, it's such like a black hole that you don't even like see a way of getting out of it. You don't think like, Oh, sunshine could be nice. Cause all you're focused on is like that tunneling in on like, I feel bad. This isn't good. Something's wrong. But when you get into that negative state, it's almost like you don't know what will fix it. It's almost like, because it does creep up on you. It's like, this is just how I feel. This is it's my normalized. way of being. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's so true. Well, you know, what's fascinating too, is I really want a natural birth one day. I tell people that's that. cool. Yeah. Thanks. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Like in a bathtub. I yeah. tell people that and people are like, yeah. I feel like that would make you so much more connected to your child, right? Because like, think of what you have to go through with them. And you're like, I sacrificed this for you. Like, you feel like connected at that point. That's amazing. I'm really yeah, glad you're doing that's that. Yeah. Like, I'm visual. I'm like, no, this is going to be like amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Going back to everything we're saying here. It's fascinating how people are so disconnected that they, they say, oh, is that safe? I'm like, <laughs> women have been we doing had this, this for like thousands of years. We had this conversation because one of your videos was about like, you had some guy on who literally looked like a hippie. And I was like, look at this hippie guy. I can't remember who he was. So I'm really, was it Andrew? I, I think I met him I Andrew. I don't remember. I apologize to the guy. Sorry, dude. Like you look like <laughs> no, a hippie. Okay. I love hippies. So like, you know, nothing disparaging, but like you guys were talking about like holistic health and stuff like that. Natural health, something like that. Uh, how to heal with like plant-based stuff, some, something along those lines. Right. And I said to Imogen, as I was watching this, I was like, yeah, people are like freaking dumb right now. They just go to the doctor and they're like, I'm going to trust the doctor because it's a pill and it's man-made versus like, there's like 10 other solutions that could be like, get some exercise, go outside, get sunshine, try this plant-based, you know, try this supplement that's like a plant, try some garlic and ginger. Like, but they don't do that because they're like, I'm going to go to the, the manufactured pill because that must be more that's science. It's yeah, like it's more advanced, evolved. so it's better. Yeah, more evolved. So I'm going to go with it. And it's like, well, like people have known for a hundred years that these particular five foods or whatever fix your problem. Why don't you just do that? And I had some health issues myself a couple of years ago, and they were doctor caused. It was caused by taking an antibiotic that I didn't need, that was I was told to take, and that screwed up my gut bacteria, and I got all sorts of health problems from that. And the way that I fixed that was I could have gone and taken more drugs, which plenty of doctors told me to, but I went and researched, like, how do I fix this naturally? I want to do this on my own and not take more stuff that will screw me up even more. And the answer was like a bunch of garlic. Um, it was like 10 different foods that I had to have some like fermented stuff that, that could um, put some good bacteria back in my gut. And like, I fixed it over about three months and, and cutting out alcohol and sugar that fixed it as well. But like, doing those natural things like cleaning up my diet and i was like oh my god like you can fix almost anything i'm not going to say you can fix everything but like you could fix almost everything by just fixing the actual problem rather than taking another five pills that will then cause five more problems preach 
I so agree with you about that. And it's, it's just fascinating how the society goes in waves, you know, and I think that we are in a whole different revolution of health and sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you see sexuality going? Like, Okay, well, I, I'm years. actually very, I want to, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question after I respond, mm. but I think it's, I think that it's an exciting time for sexuality mm-hmm. because so many women are vocalizing that they actually want more pleasure, right? So I think it's exciting in that terms. I'm like, what I visualize is women being more connected to their sexuality, men being more connected in a more sacred way, right? Um, more sacred sexuality. And then I also think in terms of just like, I, lo- I, I would like, I think if, if we continue to view it the way we talked about in terms of gamifying it and letting go of yeah. the pressure. And then if people, because, you know, I go up and down with my thoughts about monogamy versus open relationships, you know, because sometimes I feel like monogamy may feel very like, uh, like, you know, you're trapped. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I also feel like, well, maybe you can grow together with that person. So I think it's yeah, gonna, yeah. we're hitting this new realm where it's like, well, people need to decide what works for them individually. What about you? Yeah, I like that answer. Okay, I really like that answer. Yeah, I would say something very similar. I'd say, I think, okay, I'm going to be a little more like, not doom and gloom, but I think there'll be, let's say like 75% of people will just keep doing like what they've always done. I don't think that will change, but I think you'll start opening up to where there's like, if we haven't already, we're like say 25% of people in society do what you're talking about. They go and research, they, they, maybe they hear a friend is in an open relationship or is like exploring sexuality a little more and they start going and researching this stuff. And I think because it's becoming more and more mainstream to be talking about, like, you know, maybe 20 years ago and you and I wouldn't have been talking about this stuff or maybe we would have actually, cause it would have been the hippies. Well, yeah, Maybe. I'm pretty knows, sure in right? 20 like, years, yeah, we'd just be the same way in the 70s. <laughs> probably. But like, it's, it's more accessible now. Before yeah, you yeah. would only know that if you went looking for it. Now, like it comes up on YouTube, like someone might accidentally find our YouTube channels, mine and yours, like, and start researching this stuff. I think especially for females, like this stuff is becoming really mainstream, like sexual energy, sexual health, mm-hmm. the ability Manifesting to enjoy yourself. Manifesting through sex magic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think women also see... I guess we can, we can transition if you want to about like sexual shame. And so I did a podcast a while ago. It was episode like a hundred, I think. And it was a female listener sent me this long like email about like a lot of stuff she was working on that she'd been listening to my podcast. She wanted to get into self-improvement. She wanted to like build a relationship with the guy, but I, I called this podcast. I'm worried about being thought of as a slut. And so basically she said, like, I have these things, like, I want to explore my sexuality. I don't even want to go off and have sex with like 15 men. Not that there would be anything wrong with that. But like, I just literally want to find one boyfriend and explore my sexuality. But like, I'm worried that society will think I'm, you know, slutty or bad. And so I basically answered her and and said, like, you know, go explore that stuff. Like, I'm giving you permission, you're allowed to. She emailed me like something like three months later with all these, like, I've met this guy and we've been trying this. It's amazing. Like, he's really sweet. And and here's how we met. It's like the cutest story ever, how they met. And like, you know, all this sort of stuff. So uh, you put me on the spot. I can't remember. I knew I was going to forget. It was something like they had been friends for a really long time. And they went out for ice cream or something. And they talked until like, you know, five in the morning or something crazy like that. And then they also, is this the, did they also do some like weird sexual thing as well? I'd say weird sexual thing. Look at me getting all judgmental there, but like, Uh, is that the like group thing? Invited multiple people over and she was really into the idea of just watching 
but like this was like some kink or fetish of his where like she would give him a blowjob while other girls watched oh did they do that yeah really and she was like that was the most yeah she said that was the most like liberating experience of my life like i'm not supposed to be able to do that that's not supposed to be me like and he liked it and i liked it and the the other girls seemed to like it and so that was like a big exploration of her sexuality and stuff and i do think we're moving more towards that where it's like you know I get that most people probably won't look at your channel or mine. They'll be like, look at these weird hippie people. Like, you know, but, but like, sunshine and yeah, I know. I know. Sex, right? Like talking man. about being happy. How dare they talk about being happy? <laughs> but like, I think people who want this stuff or who have that itch or who say like, is there something more out there? Like maybe even if you're in a relationship, like a long-term relationship and you guys haven't been having sex for a month or so, maybe you come and find, you know, Haley's channel and you go like, there has to be more than this. You start reading and listening to this stuff. You, you listen to like tantric sex tips and stuff like that and spirituality and that. And maybe you go like, I'm going to try some of this stuff. So I do think that we are moving towards more of like, a, you know, the people who realize there's a problem can go out and find a solution. I definitely think we're getting further towards that. And I think that's where technology definitely helps for sure. Because like the answer to almost all of your problems is somewhere on the internet. If you go searching for it, like you will find an answer to almost everything. Yes, I so agree with you on that. I'm just so, I don't know what I'd be with. I don't know where I'd be y'all without books, podcasts, and YouTube. I know. Hey, but come on, like we grew up, I'm assuming you're like roughly my age, right? Like we grew Mm -hmm. up in your, like in the age where there wasn't any of that stuff. Oh yeah, very true. You're right. That's dramatic. Yeah. But like, it's so much not because this one went. She was like, <laughs> the internet was around when you were like, okay, when you were young, there was the internet. Yes, there was the. Internet. And so, like, people who who grew up with the internet, like, don't remember, don't know a time before we had that, and just how like blessed it is, blessed we are to like just be able to Google anything. Like, that's kind of crazy. Like, I'm sure you can remember back there used to be a time where like you'd have a problem and you'd ask all your friends and no one would know the answer. And you'd say, well, I guess we can never know the answer to that question. Like you just have to let it go. Well, yeah, yo, I got my first boyfriend from instant messenger on AOL. And that's so funny. I'm like, oh my God. So did I hilarious. from uh, MSN messenger. I yes, used, yeah. that's yep. what it is. Yeah. So did I, my girlfriend. <laughs> yep. First girl I ever dated. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that was like amazing. Yeah. And then he broke yeah. up with me with a letter. That's, I mean, like a written letter. I don't know yeah, if that's gentlemanly or uh, there's a part of that that's gentlemanly because it was a letter, but there's also a part of that that's like awful because do it face to face. Like, yeah, it's better I than agree. a text. It's better than a text. It's one step better than a text because a letter. Really? No, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that like, you know, I, I, I give people massive respect for calling nowadays yeah. you know now obviously that was way long time ago sam writing a letter whatever it was immature um but yeah in person you cannot beat that like yeah. i used to host yeah, monthly sure. i'm actually calling with the guy tomorrow i used to host monthly workshops in person and mm-hmm. they were so much fun yeah um because we would all get together and do like an hour or two workshop with people and people would hug and we'd you know they have that like you, you can't beat the in person right we're talking oh, wait, about are these, intimacy. Are these, I know I'm making a side point here. I'm just curious. Are these, were these like couples or single people or a mix of both? No, or? it was mixed. Like I didn't do okay. specifically couple or single. Like the yeah. last one I did was specifically women helping them connect to their feminine. Okay, um, that's cool. But I've done ones where there are men and women. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, that's the kind of stuff that makes people feel less alone. And then you're in a room with people. Yeah. I tell that to, you have no idea how many of my like coaching clients will come to me and they'll be really depressed or like any of these other issues. And I'll be like, all right, how many friends do you have? And they'll say, well, like none, because I've just spent the last like 10 years going hardcore with my career. 
And then I'll say like, okay, well, step one is go make some friends. Here's some tips like meetup.com. I talk about that all the time. Just go on oh, yeah. and do some meetups. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there's even something that you've played around with since we moved. Cause we just moved here is like Bumble. Bumble has a friendship. Thing. Really? We didn't Bumble even know has that. A friendship yeah. Thing? You can literally like swipe on people and like just talk and yeah, just oh, literally only for friends. Some yeah. Section. But yeah. Like particularly with your clients, like these are guys that are like, I want a girlfriend and a relationship and love and sex but then they don't even have any friends. And it's like, you yeah. can't, that's like absolutely running before you're walking. Yeah. Or they have all these things that they want to improve, like, like a laundry list of like long things that they want to work on. And I'm like, good job wanting to like, I'm, I'm all for like making yourself a better person. Of course, that's like the whole point of my website and stuff. But like you need friends in order to, what are you going to do when you have a bad day? What are you going to do if you get rejected? What are you going to do if you go to the gym and I don't know, you have a poor f- performance. You need a friend to say like, Hey man, I'm having a bad day. Can we talk? Like, you need support networks. And I think this is something that women are, I talk about this all the freaking time. I'm like, women just always, women aren't dumbasses when it comes to a social. Women just know I need friends. Like there aren't that many women that have like zero friends, but the number of guys that have zero friends would blow your mind because yeah. they just don't think about it. Like women are just, they get that. You know what? That does make me sad, but I also think that that's, that's why men in their forties are known for suicide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, men men kill themselves like infinitely more than women. Yeah, You're because right, like that, who do you have? No one. That makes me so sad. You're right about that yeah. because I think that that's something. Um, I was I was talking to a woman about that today actually is because I I was always the kid in class that got in trouble for talking, so I have no problem making friends. <laughs> yeah, me too. Know. That was me. <laughs> Obviously, and this is what we end up doing, right? <laughs> yeah. And we'd be like, "Shut up, Haley." Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, I think that that's so important. But you know, one thing I've noticed is you're right. Women, I guess we are better at that because I almost think that it's because women, you know, a long time ago, think about we'd hold the tribe together. Yes. Yes. Babies yes. And the kids and the, yeah. Yeah. It's the man that would go off hunting sometimes by himself. Sometimes. Yeah. The women have to keep it together. You're like the glue that holds like the social network glue kind of yes. thing. Yes. But I also think it's really interesting to me because, you know, since I've lived in Atlanta like six years now and Okay. Since I've lived here, I've had friends come and go, obviously, because it's a very transient city. But mm. I, um, I've had guy friends. A lot of them were hit on me, you know. And then once you ruin like the friend thing, it's like ah, oh. you know. I, I say this to all the. I, I say this to so many of my clients. I say like, if you're going to be friend, don't be friends with women that you want to sleep with and that you can't like put that to the side of. Or if you're going to do that, fine. But you got to like quickly, quickly, quickly not be single. Like like fulfill that need with someone else. Don't be friends with a girl that you, a woman that you're sitting there going like, man, you know, I just wish we could sleep together. Cause eventually that does like awkwardly come out. And then like you're saying, you're ruining a friendship. Either have like a friendship or just don't have anything. No, I agree with you on that. And I also think it, it does suck. Cause then I'm like, wow, you just ruined our friendship. Yeah. And that sucks. It, it, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm interrupting. Cause I'm genuinely <laughs> curious. Cause I always get curious about this stuff. Okay. So like from your point of view, does it feel like a betrayal? Yes. Well, it's not even that. I think it, okay, so I just actually had this happen, y'all, recently. Okay. It was so awkward. I don't think he's yeah. listening, so I can tell the story. <laughs> so basically, it was New Year's, and I had a big party, and um, he just kept, the, his energy towards me was really, like, you know, into mm. me, kind of, you know, and then yeah. he, like, kept putting his hand on me, and I was like, and so basically, it would be, it was just really sorry, awkward. sorry, sorry. Okay, I've known this person for years, and like I, yeah, for me, it was very like you've known this is friendship. We we are friends, 
since I've met you. And then now you continue to, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was a boundary issue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where I it's like betraying trust. Friends. Yeah. So that's what it was for me with the New Year's thing when that happened. I was fuming because I was like, wait a minute. So then the next day I texted him and I was like, we can't hang out anymore because you yeah. acted really awkward to me in front of all my friends. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so, so, okay. I'll, I'll empathize a little bit. I get if you're a guy that like, you know, you're single and maybe you don't feel like you have any options. I get that maybe this is like your last ditch thing, or maybe you do genuinely care about someone. Like maybe this guy like really, really cared about you. Maybe even in love with you, who knows, right? Like I, I get it from their point of view, but you have to like scratch that itch from somewhere else. Like you have to go on online dating. You have to go talk to women in a bar. You have to like talk to, go on meetup and, and join some meetups and, and meet people through that. Do it through like other forms of socializing, but or, or just, uh, I don't know. There's like a million different ways. And, and what I say to guys is, cause some guys will hear all this and they'll go like, wow, Andy, like, why are you siding with her? Like, you're an asshole, like blah, blah, blah. What about this poor guy? Like, you know, women are always turning. It's, it's her fault for putting him in the friend zone. Like all those kind of things. The best, uh, I do kind of empathize with that. I do. So please guys don't think I'm betraying the male race or some <laughs> crap, right? Like screw that. I take people on a person by person basis. It's not male versus female. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. one of the, one of the points that I, I make is I say, okay, imagine you and your best bro or one of your bros have been hanging out for four years and one time drunk at a party, he starts touching you up. How does that make you feel? And every single guy will say like, Oh my God, I'd want to punch him. I'd be so angry. It's like, you've betrayed me. What that whole time were you just lying to me? I thought we were friends and like, I thought I could trust you with my vulnerability. And then what you were just going to use that when you were drunk or I was drunk. Like, and so they get it then that's like probably the best analogy to give. Like, how would you feel if a male friend did that to you after you'd been friends with a few and you thought you guys were just friends, you wouldn't be saying like, Oh, well that's his fault for friend zoning the other person. It's like, no, no, I thought we were friends. I thought that the agreement was we're both friends. You betrayed it by trying to make it something more or, or making it in an awkward way. It's probably more the awkwardness of it that makes you angry, right? It's like a weird betrayal. No, yeah, it is. And wow, wow. I love that comparison you made because you're right. That, that is kind of how it was. It is yeah. very awkward. Um, but yeah, I hope people listening, like don't take that the wrong way or whatever, especially for the men. Like I think it's so important to be able to read a woman's body language and be able to read because in to no means no kind of situation because right from the beginning the first few months of being with someone you will either like for me i know whether he's a friend great friend or a potential partner like we know that yeah yeah and i think that particularly i think particularly in your case it's a very different situation when something like this happens after three months of knowing somebody Fine, versus yeah. Yeah. years of being friends with someone and yeah, I guess it just colors every interaction that you have had with that person because there's that thought in your mind because I have had similar situations. Like, was every time we spent time together, were they wanting something else? And yeah, and lying to me and pretending to be my friend almost. Yes, and yeah. I think that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But that all goes back to, you know, it's so funny, and I talk to women about this all the time. That's why it's so important to listen to your body and really honor your intuition because the female intuition is never wrong and it's always accurate. I'm going to disagree with that. Really? Mine is always spot on. And I, that's. And maybe that, you're that, just self-aware. Okay. I don't think what? most people are as self-aware as you. Okay. Maybe they're not. No, no. But listen, listen, this took me a lot. This took me years to get this self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. I think the average person is kind of dumb sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I definitely agree with No, 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 no. Can I backtrack? Yeah, okay, I want to backtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the intuition is correct, like 99% of the time. I think most people don't listen to it. That's yes. the bit when I say most people are dumb. So that's what I meant. I don't, yeah, I think your gut 99% of the time is telling you something really freaking important. I talk all the time about like your body is trying to tell you something. Listen to it. it it's only you get yourself into trouble when you go like, no, I know better than my body or I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to force myself to do something I don't really want to do. Those kind of situations. Yes. And I'll, no, no. Yes. You're spot on with that. I agree. Because we're taught not to listen to the intuition and it's always yeah. spot on. <laughs> and people do these weird things where they go like, I'm going to ignore my gut reaction in my body because my brain is smarter and my brain knows better. And, and it's like, fine. Like it, it's some weird combination of like your rational mind and your intuitive spirit, whatever you want to call it, right? Like it, those two have to work in harmony. Like those are, I like to say, these are two different like sources of information, if you know what I mean? Like yeah, your, your yeah. logic is saying one thing, your gut is saying the other. And then it's up to you to kind of observe them, like almost step outside them as the impartial observer and say like, okay, what do I want to do based on these? But you don't get to like remove the gut and say like, that's stupid. I'm going to ignore that. Like, well, you're missing like half or maybe even like 90% of the information when you do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they I say the intuitive mind is a servant to the, what is that quote? It's a quote from Albert Einstein, right? I have no mind? idea. I, don't even I have no that. idea. It's something like the intuitive mind is a servant to the rational mind. We've switched it and we make we worship the rational logic mind, which all we goes do. back to the masculine versus feminine, right? We are so obsessed with masculine energy. Intuitive is the feminine side. I think, like I said, I think the best way to look at it is like, it's like two sides, like almost like yin yang. And it's like, listen to both. Mm -hmm. Don't just like throw one away. If you went the other way. So if you only listen to your intuition, like only ever, then that probably wouldn't serve you well either. Cause you just kind of go with your gut all the time. And sometimes you do want the rational mind. Like if you have a fear of something, your intuition will say, don't do that. Don't go outside. Don't make friends. That's scary. So you then have to look at that as one piece of information and say, like, okay, that's telling me something, but my rational mind also knows that I can't have no friends. I do have to fix this. So how do I like harmonize? How, how do I find some middle ground between the two of them? Okay. My gut is telling me I'm scared. So maybe I'll just take some little baby steps. Maybe I'll be really gentle with myself. I'll just go and make one friend or I'll get my friends to come with me so that I'm not so scared. So that's you listening to your gut and also listening to your rational mind. Cause you are pushing yourself to do something that your gut says like, no, this is scary. So you, yeah, you can yeah. kind of get them in harmony. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And y'all think about it. Like I remember a few years ago, I, did, I always give this example. A few years ago, I dated a guy where I was anxious the whole time I dated mm -hmm. him. And now I'm looking back being like, wait, wait, what? wait, anxious from him. Or you I were just know, like generally just anxious. anxious. No, no. He just okay. made me anxious. Like just the energy and everything. And yeah. So and I like, that's your and body. I'm like, wait a minute. That was like clearly my body being like, what are you doing with this guy? Um, but I just ignored it. Okay, why did you ignore it? Like, I don't know. You, I'm thinking that time like I was not self-aware at all. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like a big part of self-awareness is like trusting yourself, like trusting yeah, yeah. your gut. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've learned too. And, and think about it. That's why it's so important doing this work is because you learn, oh, wow, okay, when I don't listen to my intuition, this is what happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just gets worse if I don't listen to my intuition. Yeah. I had this conversation with Imogen. It was based on one of your videos. I can't remember what. We had this discussion this morning where I basically said, like, guys won't listen to their gut feeling or to what their body is trying to tell them. So maybe they'll, they'll have a really crazy productive day and they'll just go over the, the, they'll, you know, crush all of their goals. They'll, they'll go really hard. And then it will get to like 6 p.m. 
and they'll just, I don't know, go and jerk off to pornography or they'll start playing video games or they'll eat junk food or something like that. And they'll then beat themselves up for that. And they'll say, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Why can't I just stop this? Why can't I just be productive for like 16 hours a day? And I'll say like, listen to your body. Your body is trying to say, if I do like 10 hours of hard work, I need to relax. So right now it's making you, it's, it's like not making, but like your, your go-to answer is pornography, alcohol, food, you know, video games. What you need to do is listen to your body and do something that will help you, you know, self-medicate in a good way. So like go for a walk, meditate, you know, even video games aren't the worst thing in the world. If you do it for an hour or two, like lay on your bed and relax, watch a, a funny YouTube video that cheers you up, go and hang out with your friends. Like when you start listening to your body and say, my body is telling me something, I'm going to like listen to it and work with it. I say this to guys all the time, work with your body instead of trying to fight it, work with your biology and your urges and your, you know, hormones and all that kind of stuff and, and do the best you can with that rather than fighting it. And, and over and over and over again, I see guys like massively, you know, getting to a point where they can relax and improve their life and, and enjoy their life. I should say when they just stop fighting themselves, when they say like, Hey, I did what you said. I, I went for a walk and all of a sudden I don't feel like looking at porn. I'm not beating myself up. Like maybe I did have a need to relax after 16 hours of work. And it's like, yeah, of course. Like most people do need to relax after like 10 or 12 or 15 hours of work. Mm, that's so true. Yeah. It all goes back to kids. I mean, I have five nieces and nephews and sometimes I'll see one of them just throw himself on the floor <laughs> and like, just like freak out for five minutes. And then he's fine the rest of the day. <laughs> it's like, okay, well you got that on your system. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. 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 That's us. We're like kids, not us. I mean like humans in general, we're like kids. Yeah. It's like you, you work too hard and then you just want to throw a little tantrum and, and self-medicate or something. But if you can kind of just recognize that I've said this to so many of my coaching clients as well, if you can kind of talk to yourself as if you're the parent talking to a child and have that kind of loving voice and say like, I even do it to myself. I'll talk in third person. I'll be like, okay, Andy, you're just a little tired. That's okay. Why don't we watch like a nice funny YouTube video? That'll cheer you up. Like you like YouTube, don't you? And then I'll be like, yeah, I like YouTube. <laughs> and then I'll watch a funny video and I'll be like, yeah, I feel good. It's like you, you, you're more of a, like a loving role towards yourself. Like you're the parent looking after the child and, and you kind of recognize those emotional needs in yourself as almost like childlike. And they are in a way, it's like a child inside of you saying like, Hey, I'm really stressed. Can, can I have an ice cream? And you're like, yeah, like I'll help you with that stress. Yeah. Oh my God, like, y'all, that all goes back to, I don't know if y'all, that's inner child work. Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inner, yeah. I did inner child work a lot last year and I think that that is so, and I do with my clients too. Um, you're right. That's you doing this, you reparenting yourself. That's good. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I will say that is, because I used to work with kids actually. I nannied and I was a swim instructor and a volleyball coach for a while. Mm -hmm. And I will say there is a lot to learn from kids in intuition oh, yeah. yeah, because kids are so good at knowing what they want and what they need. And yeah. I think like getting older, it's a process of us telling yourself like you switch off that, like listening to your body. Or it's not even that you switch off. It's that you say you don't get to have that thing. Yeah. Or you train yourself to just ignore, mm. ignore all of those cues because like kids, absolutely know when they're tired <laughs> yeah. and when they yeah. want to eat like kids do not like meal times at all they just want to like eat when they want to eat and it's <laughs> an impossible task causing getting them to eat food because they're like no i'm not hungry right now i want to eat yeah. two mouthfuls and then yeah. in 45 minutes then i'm going to eat like another mouthful it's this very intuitive way of 
being because they haven't practiced not listening to the book. Cause I mean, that's the animal instinct is to like, my body is saying this, therefore I should do this. And yeah. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what they say intuitive eating. It's so funny how we're going back to that. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Cause I have a good friend, probably my best mate and he's very much in, in, he likes this idea of listening to your body and being in touch with your body. And that's something that he's done a lot over the last like, couple of years. But he says, you know, it's insane to me that people will just ignore their body. It's like pathological. It's some sort of like illness. If, if your body's saying something and you just go, no, I know better. And it's like, what you think you know better than millions of years of evolution. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yeah. to some extent you can overcome that, but like you do so, at your, you have to be real careful when you choose to overcome your biology and ignore it. You have to be really careful. Listen, I could speak an hour on this on that topic because yeah. think about in terms of the like the birth situation like we should how they teach women now to lay down giving birth that is so against our nature because you're supposed we're to supposed do it with your legs be, up and stuff right yeah you're supposed to be either like squatting or bent over like you're supposed yeah. to be moving and really like getting you know and so the fact that we're so disconnected like my mom had twins you know like mm. I, have a, I have a twin sister and so we, we were C-section, but what I'm saying is, is that it's just, we are so dis like, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. We are so disconnected that um, we think the doctors know more than the body. Well, the, okay. The issue is, and I say this all the time, like if you go to a doctor and they're not a pinnacle of health, like, doesn't that make you have a couple of questions like immediately, like if they're obese or they've got diabetes or something and they give every bit of advice they give you is not going to be like, you know, eat better, lose weight, get exercise, go have friends. Cause they're not doing that themselves. They'd be a hypocrite to do that. And no one likes to be a hypocrite. If I was an obese doctor, I wouldn't be telling people to lose weight. Cause that would make me feel, I'd look in the mirror and go like, well, why am I not doing that? So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the average person is overweight in your country and my country for sure. And so I think we've moved towards medication cause that's a, an easier fix. Like, let me give medication rather than dealing with the problem, like diet, diet, especially God, I, I bring up losing weight, but I think diet's probably even worse. Like oh people, my God. Well, I also yeah. think it's, yeah, you're right. And it all goes back to, um, it's so funny. There was this guy, do you know medical medium? Oh my God. Okay, I feel bad because you brought up like 10 things now and you're like, do you know this? And I'm like, I know. Okay. Nothing. Sorry. sorry. I forget. Well, we're in different countries. So sorry. Okay, so we'll blame that. Me. Sure. Yeah. 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 We'll blame that. <laughs> okay. So basically, um, you only check out this guy because he's really funny. I mean, obviously I know all these health people because I've been studying health for years. Mm-hmm. But and this guy is hilarious. He talked about how we have fruit fear. I don't know if it's if y'all y'all have noticed that, but because uh, maybe there was the doctors said this at one point during because you know when they went through that period of fat where you know you couldn't eat fat and then now everybody's yeah, obsessed with eating fat, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then so now, um, so many people that I follow are like, "Yes, you should be eating fruit," because so many Do people you- are like, "Oh my God, it's sugar." Do you know, is this the word for it? Is it called intuitive eating? Is intuitive eating just when you eat at the time you want to eat? So maybe I'm talking about something different, but there's a, a, basically what I've gotten to or what I've experimented with. And so have you. And so as like one of my friends is eating, stripping your diet down to like an elimination diet where you eat almost nothing and then slowly adding more foods back in and seeing how your body responds and then kind of just taking it from there. Like, how do I feel? Do I sleep well? Do I have energy? Like what foods work well for me? And so I've become like way more self-aware with my food over the last like four or five years. And like, I realized, and my mother figured out the same thing after I told her, like, I realized I have like a severe 
like lactose intolerance, like really, really, really bad. Like, you know, to the point where like, I have to go and use the restroom if I have any sort of milk or something like I've always had that. And I just always thought that was like normal. And so as I've started to like clean my diet up and try different things, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Like I want to push people more to like experiment and and see how your body reacts and take note of it, write it down every day. If you want, like, how did I feel? Did I sleep well? How to, and get more in tune with your body, like listening. Cause a lot of the time, once you do get aware of it, your body is screaming at you. I can't believe how long my body screamed at me. Stop eating ice cream, stop drinking dairy. And I just was like, whoa, it's normal to like feel bloated and horrible and like literally stomach cramps like all day, every day. That's normal. I need my coffee. Like people just don't really have self-awareness or like we yeah. need to practice it. No, you're right. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can write that in the notes too about doing an elimination diet because that I'm so, that's so great that you're so aware about that because yeah, that's a big one here. Um, like so many people are like, oh, dairy is not a big deal or whatever, but yeah, dairy causes inflammation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We could have a whole topic about inflammation as well. People just kind of ignore that. Like, well, I feel bad. I don't, I'm not sleeping, you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel bloated. You know, I'm not recovering as much from the gym. And, and isn't your first thought like a fixed sleep and, and two fixed diet. Like those two things are the first things you go to, but people will say like, Oh, what's the problem? How do I beat this? And it's like, your diet is horrible and you're not sleeping enough. Go fix those two things first and then come back to me. I think because it is so normalized, it's almost yeah glorified feeling bad. It's like a competition of like, it is uh, who can feel the most like oh i'm so tired when i wake up in the morning and the person's like oh i only got two hours sleep like I yeah four yeah coffees and yeah stuff. and it's this weird like <laughs> this stuff triggers me too yeah 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 it's this weird i don't know glory in feeling the worst and yeah because everyone is normalizing that and accepting it and not being like wow something's wrong like you need to fix that then people are like, oh, this is normal. It's normal that I feel like shit at 2 p.m. every day because I'm having a coffee crash and I don't sleep enough <laughs> and I'm eating refined sugar all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, listen. Yeah, you said something that's so funny because I think that, um, yeah, that that's so common too in the entrepreneurial space because people are like, oh my God, I'm burned out 24-7. Uh, yeah, me too, girl. It's like, Do you have that? Do, do- like I'm assuming you have like reasonably decent sleep and re- like no one's perfect, but I'm assuming you have decent sleep and like decent diet and stuff like that. And you like care about your body, right? Like, mm-hmm. but do you have people that almost like, they don't quite do it, but they almost bully you into sleeping less and like eating worse and just like having more coffee and getting more done. And like so many people have said to me, Andy, you got to get up at 5am and you got to be staying up until 11pm and you shouldn't do anything except work on like your podcast, your business, your coaching. And I'll say like, I I tried that for like several years and I got nothing done. Now that I sleep for, I'm not perfect, but I I think I average probably seven hours sleep. If I'm honest, I'm trying for more than that. But like, you know, now that I average like roughly seven hours, I try not to abuse my, I haven't had coffee in like five months. I haven't had a drink of alcohol in like five months. Like I get way more done. And and guess what? I feel good while doing it. I felt so miserable before. I was so miserable. And I thought that was being a good entrepreneur. I literally thought the worst I, the worse I feel, the better an entrepreneur I am. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know what's so funny is that must be a global thing too. Because America is a huge in the hustle grind culture too. Yeah. And I think that um, it's really bad here. And, and, um, yeah, I was like that too. And then it makes you a miserable person. Cause I remember one time, yeah. this was like, I don't remember when this was like either last year or the year before my mom was like, you need to do something with you. You're not nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. Sometimes you need a mother's like blunt honesty. My mom's not like really. that too. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, he was like, oh, you're so, she's like, you're so serious and you're not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. I got to a similar point where I was just like tired and grumpy all the time and just everything was just sad. And like, I would just constantly talk about that. I'm stressed, stressed, stressed. Yeah. And I think that that all goes back to, it's so funny. We talk about like everything on this podcast, but I love being all over the place and really giving a wide depth of um, information in the episodes, but I, um, yeah, you're right. Cause I think that so many people, it's like when you look back in your life or you'd be like, man, I worked my ass off or no, I worked a lot, but I also built relationships. I traveled. I went on a lot of adventures. I experienced a lot. Yeah, there's this book. I can't remember what the book is called, but it, it's something like Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And it was written by a palliative care nurse in, in like a nursing home. And she she basically studied like thousands, if not studied, but like wrote down the regrets of, you know, a thousand clients or something or a thousand patients. And the number one thing that came up was I worked too much. Yeah. And like the second one was like, I didn't, I, I neglected my relationships with friends and family. And there's a really great Oscar Wilde quote that I just like try and live my life by, which is life is too important. Uh, what is it? Life is too important to be taken seriously. And I think you need to remind yourself that like, you know, this isn't a chore. Like this is supposed to be fun. Like we're supposed to be here enjoying the moment. There's no point hustling and making like a million dollars if you're miserable the entire time you get there. Cause making a million dollars, if that's your goal, that will take you like five years at least, if not 10 well, you're going to be miserable for five or 10 years or people who have like relationship goals and stuff. It's like, it will take you time to build a relationship with someone. It might take you several years or who have marriage goals or, or children goals. That's going to take you a long time. You're telling me you're going to be unhappy that whole time. And because you know, when you get there, you're not just going to suddenly turn into a happy person. You don't know how to be happy. You haven't practiced being happy. You've practiced being miserable. Guess what? You'll reach a million dollars and then you'll be just as miserable. Maybe worse because the million dollars didn't fix it and it was supposed to. And so now what do you have? How do you fix it now? Mm, wow. It's such a great point you made. And you know what? That really sums up. Uh, are, do you all, what are your thoughts about minimalism? I like minimal. I wish you could. I wish you could have seen my old apartment. Uh, you want to talk to me about minimalism? I had like nothing. Like you even said, like you're like, where's all your stuff? And I was like, I don't like stuff. So yeah. Oh I'm my god, you're like the guy version of me. I, I okay. My sister, my family makes fun of me because I'm always getting rid of stuff. Yeah, me and too. I, me too. Our, me too. Oh my god, this is so funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you you're like the dude of me. Okay, so yeah. I think it's funny because y'all, we are that generation of um, experiences over things yeah in some aspects i think yeah yeah i'd say certain crowds tend to move in like polar opposite directions yeah but i personally so, oh, sorry. no you go you go oh, i interrupted sorry. you that was so rude <laughs> personally with like stuff and accumulating like material things i think my relationship i really like and i know it's a bit like airy fairy sometimes but um, I'm sure you've heard of like Marie Kondo, the Japanese, mm-hmm. like the art of tidying up and having like, I'm, I do really like accumulating things, but I'm big on making sure that those things like mean something to me. It's not just stuff for the sake of stuff and clutter. Like, everything needs to have a purpose and for it to have, I don't know, like a connection to me so that like the things that I surround myself mean something to me. You don't have a lot of stuff to be fair. You don't really have a lot of stuff. <laughs> No, I agree. I think that, um, I, no, I agree with you. I think it's like having nice things, but having it for a purpose <clears throat> is what you're saying. It's almost like you have an 
you have an experience with those things. Like those things, you keep them and you can tell me, do you both keep stuff because of the memory of that experience that you had mm-hmm. with it rather than just like, oh, I have a cool watch, a Rolex watch or something? Yeah, it's definitely memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah for me too. Yeah. Wow. Okay, y'all. Well, we we talked a long time. <laughs> we certainly did. This was fun. Yeah. This is I'm so assuming you're fun. rolling up now. I, I, yes. I shouldn't say this was fun if you're still going. No, 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 no. We I'll close it out now, but I would love to have y'all back on the show. This was so great. Oh yeah. And, I'd love to have you on my podcast as well if you'd like to come on at some point. I would love to come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll Everybody, book that in. um, let's just what would be your final takeaway? My God. <laughs> we made like a hundred different points. We we went from like sexual health to like greater concepts of the universe and nature and humanity. Okay. My, I'll, I'll, how about I do two takeaways? You do two. Is that fair? Can we do four in total? Yeah. Yep. Or is that mm-hmm. cheating? Okay. It is cheating, but she, she said, yes. So <laughs> my first one is like, remember that in the bedroom, it doesn't have to be a performance. It's just two people having a bit of fun together. And so take that pressure off yourself and off her. Just have fun. Remember that there's a human in front of you and have a bit of fun. And then my second thing is, Remember that life itself is meant to be fun. Yeah, we all have goals and things that we're working on. Of course, I'm like one of the most ambitious people that you'll meet. I'm incredibly stressed sometimes, but like I remind myself to have fun the entire time. I add in lots of road trips and adventures and new experiences and stuff like that. So please remember that this is all meant to be fun. Self-improvement and, you know, self-knowledge and all that is meant to be fun. Your turn. I might just, (laughs) I might just pick one, but I'd probably say that, your health and your happy, like you need to do a, listen to your body. I think, um, in terms of health and happiness and prioritizing that, because I don't think anything feels better than like feeling like, I don't know, feeling some sort of vitality. And I think prioritizing that above all else will make your quality of life. Just like the positive effect is exponential. Mm, I so agree. Yes. Those are great takeaways. Thanks again for being on the show. I will definitely put your links below. Y'all be sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast, DM me, let me know your thoughts and have a great day. Bye.